Hello and welcome to the By The Minute Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Donegan and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, actually that's true, uh, by my good pals and co-hosts, Mr Remy McSwain and Paul Thompson. Remy, how you doing, pal? Sorry, I was just listening to see if I was a click in the line, just to see if I was a private eye recording this. So I just wanted to check that there wasn't. Hello, good evening. What do you think about that, the new introduction, Paul? At- oh, very, very professional. It only took you seven goes. Uh, the, uh, but that's him. He's been. He's out the doghouse uh, after Forest Gate. Paul, how you doing, pal? <laughs> I'm all. I'm all right. It's it's nice to come out the witness protection scheme. <laughs> I I can't even. Remember. What did you say? People were mad about it. I, I, I never said he was shy. I, I said he'd been playing shy. That's, people can't understand the difference between saying somebody's playing poorly and saying that they're a poor player. And that was that was the whole basis. Of it. It, there was one guy that just kept going on and on last week. And he was kind of subtweeting me all night about, you know, what an arsehole I am, basically. So it was, it was nice to get the feedback. By the way, I noticed uh, they're uh, elevated now to from guest to co-host and you're shiting and arsehole and all over the place. Can you stop that? <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was on the Celtic Underground again. The, uh, oh, speaking of what, I see Harry's had a bit of an outburst tonight. Uh, calling us, Calling us out. Remy, have you got anything to say to Harry? I think uh, I think uh, the boardroom's no place for super dry. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the uh, quite a lot to talk about after we did a show uh, last week and a pretty pretty quick turnaround for us. Uh, we're going to try and keep them a little bit more regular. Um, since then, quite a lot has happened. The transfer window has closed, which we'll talk about briefly. Uh, there's also been two games. We uh, beat St. Johnson 3-0. Uh, again, we'll come on to that. Uh, first half, our first 30-odd minutes was phenomenal. Second half, not so much. And then uh, on Sunday, we went to Hamilton. And after going 1-0 down, we came through in the end 4-1. Uh, six points out of six. Uh, meanwhile, um, our closest rivals um, showing the the bottle and gumption um that they've become uh, well known for uh, dropped. Well, they did. Well, they dropped two points at the weekend, uh, and well, they dropped three points. I think we talked about that though. Um, managed to squeeze past uh, Ross County. Uh, anyway, the gap at the top of the league is now seven points in favour of Celtic. Uh, uh, the other mob have got a game in hand, but uh, given their current form, uh, you would have to think they might struggle at home against St. Johnson. But we'll see. The uh, Remy uh, quite happy with the week's events. Absolutely, um, but playing away the, the, the St Johnson game, as you said, the first half hour was fantastic. That Diddy Forrest ran riot, uh, played really, really well. Um, and after a wee scare on the uh, the indoor bowling surface at Hamilton, we uh, we battered them for the last fifteen minutes and could have scored a lot more. And you know, scoring a lot of goals away. We're winning games, and that's what you know. We haven't been playing a hundred percent, but if you want to win the league, you win when you don't play well, and that's what. Why I said in January we were ninety nine percent certain to win the league because we're serial winners, and they aren't. Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm just slightly distracted here, but my timeline has gone crazy with a bunch of uh, quite mental Rangers fans. Uh, good luck to them all. Uh, they've all been blocked or muted. The um, 
Paul, you were up. You went. You went. St. Johnson. How was it? It was great. Uh, good performance. I mean, even second half was was a wee bit less explosive than that first thirty-five for so minutes. But thought we played reasonably well. Uh, it was a wee bit ramshackle in the second half where we Scott Brown playing centre half and and a, and a three, which was a, a wee bit of a strange experience. But it was great. Atmosphere was great. Having the three stands was fantastic. St. Johnson all made us feel very welcome. Getting parked next to the ground. Whole experience. Good night. Real good night. Uh, what was it? I didn't see the final attendance. What was it? Did you notice? I think, I think it was about eight. eight, and eight and uh, but, but when you bear in mind that their stand that they had was probably about maybe just over half full. So, you know, that's probably <laughs> explains the... Why wasn't I sell it? Which is a shame because you know even it does really come back to the point we've made a few times about about clubs who do or don't uh, generally give up the chance to uh, or sorry who give up the chance to make some money. St Johnson did it last week and their own fans let them down. So uh, it was yeah, I kind of feel sorry for them in that respect. But they must have made a few quid off the Celtic support last week. The um. I didn't see. Was there any hot takes from? St- I mean, did for instance Stuart Cosgrove say anything? I I, I don't know. Were they were people complaining or or did, still didn't like it? Even though they probably took. I think we calculated about seventy or eighty thousand extra, um, which is more than they got for their best player Kennedy, who went to. Is it Kennedy that went to Aberdeen? I think they got fifty grand yep. for him. Um, yep. So. Um, yeah, it sounded great. I mean, from afar on the telly, I mean, it sounded great. I mean, the atmosphere looked really, really good. I always like these Wednesday night games, Remy, when it's raining. I obviously because <laughs> uh, you're lying in your bloody shorts watching it in San Francisco. I knew you like them. No, but yeah, as soon as I said that, I knew you'd jump on me. Um, actually, I read a take, uh, Paul. Just you mentioned Brown there. That this a take, a hot take. Um, as they say in American radio, the um that Lennon had put Brown back in there to illustrate to the board two days before the transfer window just how short he was at the centre-back position, uh, that he had to go and put Scott Brown in there. Yeah, and and, it, and then we kept a, a clean sheet in the second half, so Wall told them where to go. Oh, there you go, yeah. Um, the uh, first half, Rem, where, where would that sit? That, I mean, that's certainly the best since uh, since the winter break, isn't it? Oh, by, by a mile. Um, probably... I would say it was probably our best performance since Ross County at the beginning of December when we scored four up in Dingwall. Um, we tore them apart. I mean, it's not. I mean, we could have scored seven or eight in the first half. The, the keeper, the keeper, their keeper was immaculate when he came out, and he was the champion duck collector. After about ten minutes, he was covered in mud, you know, because he was obviously the pitch was wet and slippy. But he pulled off a succession of saves including a couple potential OGs to uh, yeah, was, save yeah. them an absolute doing um, I mean it really wasn't you know and, and as Paul said you know, we're seeing a lot of half time kind of expect they're going to take the foot off the gas a bit in the second half I, I just think if we, if we need to score more we will um, right now goal difference isn't really an issue but the first half was, was brilliant and Forrest Ball for the first goal was just perfect just a, a great cross and a great header being champ. I, do you know what I liked about that? Uh, I think I'm not the first person to mention this, uh, was in champ's celebration. I mean, it, it looked as if it really mattered to him. Uh, I, I'm sure it's just his personality, but he, he doesn't, you know, and, and uh, Edward's a bit like that as well. He doesn't get seem to get overly excited, but that's 
that was certainly was certainly enthusiastically enthusiastically celebrated. I wonder if it was because it was such just such a great goal. I think it's probably about the the timing of it. Where you know, I, I certainly arrived in the McDermott car park to find tweets saying that uh, he was away to speak to West Ham. So he, you know, he timed his run perfectly coming up for London. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Boom boom. Actually, I read a. Do you know what this? I've gone on about him before, but the Celtic by numbers guy. I, I don't think he wrote it, but some other guy called Juco James wrote it about in Cham's contributions. Uh, he really is, um, he's probably more of an influence than we, well, the point of the piece was he's more of an influence that he, than he might appear at first glance. Uh, I thought he did really well. The other one I thought did great that night was uh, was Taylor, Remy. You would, after that, you would think, well, that's him cementing his position, and he had a shocker, not a shocker yes. yesterday. Uh, he did have a shocker yesterday. Um, I was quite surprised to see him playing wing-back on uh, Wednesday. Um but he looked really good. He had the freedom of the park, to be fair, in the first half. And he whipped in a couple of really good crosses. And obviously, yeah, Griffiths scored for one. We probably could have had a couple of goals from his crosses. So he looked, you know, that's the game you think, well, that might be the turning point for him. But yesterday, he was abject. Uh, he can't beat a man. Um, whether, whether he's got no pace or no confidence, doesn't take a man on continually passes it back the way or sideways, doesn't drive at the byline and he only gets crosses in if he's in acres of space and 90% of them are crap. He's, he's not a wing-back. The, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, well, why, why didn't we try to buy a left-back on Friday night? Right, were we trying to buy a left-back on Friday night? A fourth one? Villa. Well, you don't know. Do you? I mean, you don't know that. I... Um, well, I, I, what was interesting, you, you talked about his crosses there. What I noticed was, I mean, he had a shot, right-footed shot, because I've been looking at him. I actually quite fancied him as a wing-back, but I was looking at him thinking, my goodness, he, he's, he's even more one-footed than Tierney. But it was a decent shot with his right foot the other night. I, I, I think what he lacks, well, he does lack the confidence of Tierney and probably the power and strength of Tierney. Um, but I'm not prepared to write him off yet as a, oh, as a wing-back. Not writing him off, but he, you, you saw the difference when Hayes came on yesterday, and I'm not Johnny Hayes' biggest fan. He caused all sorts of problems from wing-back. Taylor is terrified of taking a man on, whether it's he's frightened of losing the ball or whatever. He doesn't take any risks. Um, you're playing a wing-back. As a wing-back, you've got to try and take men on and get crosses in, and he get to the byline, and he didn't do it. Um, yep. Again, I, I assume he hasn't played that. Possession too much with Kilmarnock. I'm not sure they ever play three five two. Um, certainly not against us. Seven two one. They probably played So it might take a bit of time for him to get, but he's going to have to get up to speed. But as I say, on Wednesday night, I thought he was he was my well. I mean, you've got to pick the front two, obviously, but he was my um, man of the match. I thought he looked superb. I also thought, uh, well, it was interesting to me, Paul. That's three five two again. That's uh, I'm beginning to really like Griffiths and Edward together. Yeah, yeah. The, the first, well, that first thirty-five minutes on uh, Wednesday night, they combined really, really well. Uh, and maybe it was it was a fast pitch because of the rain, and you know they were getting decent quality coming into the box. Uh, we we were playing so high up the park. We actually 
Ayer was practically playing central midfield. You know, it was the Sham and McGregor were pushing right forward. Brown and Ayer were almost alongside each other for most of that first half because Ayer just kept breaking forward with the ball. And he was actually combining quite well with Taylor and McGregor. The three of them were getting some nice wee combinations down the left. But uh, the front two were, were immense. And, you know, uh, again, you've got to bear in mind that St. Johnson are playing against. They've shipped a lot of goals this season. They're not the best defence in the league, but the two of them looked really, really impressive against them. And man of the match, Paul, for you? On Wednesday, uh, probably Forrest. That's oh. <laughs> just so I, 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 I stopped getting the hate mail. Uh, no, I, I, I actually thought Forrest and Taylor were both superb, and I did, I did tweet that at half time. I thought, I thought the front, I guess the front six, front seven, front the way we were playing, uh, were, were all playing really, really well. But those two in particular, the, the service and that first half especially, it tailed off a bit as Remy said in the second half, but. Uh, I'm I'm not up for the the hysteria about the way we played in the second half at all. I, it was quite embarrassing actually reading some of the comments about you know how we played and the substitutions and all that you know for drama which which was just about game management as far as, as far as we're concerned. If, if anybody's going to complain at this stage of season about a three 0 away win at St Johnson, then God help me, us. Well, what do you, was it just a case of game management? It was a bit odd. I mean, the the difference between the first half and the second half was. Astonishing. I, th- I think Brown going back disrupted the midfield in some way. You've got to give St Johnson a bit of credit. They came out and looked for a bit of pride, uh, a bit of pride in their second half performance after really getting rolled over in the first half. Uh, and we, it was just bitty in the second half. Uh, we, we just didn't have the same fluency. And you know, the, the guys who were charging forward, say Forrest kept it going in the second half. Taylor kind of tailed off a wee bit as the game went on, but that's probably because he's not played a lot of games either. And and, and I do, so just quickly coming back to him, I think the other thing about Taylor's confidence, about not taking players on and that, I think that's a valid criticism. But you've got to bear in mind of the guys, he's in one game, he's out one game. You've, you've kind of got to give him a run. If bowling goalie's so far out the picture, it's and it's, it really is between a, a makeshift left back and an actual left back for, for that position, then you've got to give Taylor some games. You know, we are going to have games like yesterday if that's the case. We've seen it with every player that's came into the team. It takes a while to settle into the Celtic team unless you're an absolute superstar. Um, who would you play there against Rangers, Ryan? I, I genuinely don't know, but the next game's Wednesday against Motherwell and I'd play Hayes there. So, Assuming, uh, that, assuming that we're playing a three-five-two, which I, I guess is now the... Uh, that's well, a... even if we're, even if we're playing a four at the back, I'd play Hayes on Wednesday night. Because what, just more what reliable in, a, in an attacking sense. Yeah. Um... He, he offers more going forward, um, and we need. You play a three-five-two. All your wids, your wing backs, they've got to be threatening, and Taylor isn't threatening enough for me. I don't think when we get to the Rangers game, we'll be playing three-five-two though. Do you so don't? Then, oh, I'm I'm absolutely certain we'll be playing three five two. Well, right now I hope we don't because I don't think it's as good as people make it out to be. I think Julian and I are, have been absolutely bloody awful defensively. Well, we'll we'll come on to that in a minute. But I tell you, one of the aspects that I love about three five two is that it frees Forrest up. He seems to have much more space. I mean, we kind of love Frimpong, I guess, but he t- he he took a, a lot of the space that Forrest would have liked. 
and that seems and he's I just think we five against Rangers in the midfield will probably work better. But I've just my problem is I say it every week with the centre half, and you made it that I know I know it was a joking uh, sort of comment at the start about playing Brown at centre half. We need three fit centre halves, and we're struggling to get them. We are. Uh, we do seem to have a a, a, a real skill at signing centre halves who get injured a lot. The um, well, as I say, I like that because for I, I think it's no coincidence we go switch to three five two and Forrest comes back and starts playing a lot better. And I also think Forrest is a really good shift defensively. Um, so I, I like you it. You know, for- fine. Well, you know, f- the story is true, Lawrence. That they were listening to the podcast in the bus last week, and they clipped Paul T's comments out about him, and that motivated him, that's, and that's why he's well again. Uh, probably the um, the anyway three 0 It was weird, though, Ren. Wasn't it all this stuff on? I, did, I saw some of it, and then I just kind of muted it all. I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. About the Paul's right game management. I mean, why wouldn't you? Correct. I mean, Paul and I were at the game, and and I, and I didn't see Paul at the game. As, as Paul said, we had a great support there, and I think Paul would would agree. Most of the support that went out of that ground that night were really, really happy with the, the performance and the result. Yep. And you know, and and then you go on Twitter and oh, what a load of crap! And this was pish. And you're like, really? You know, I, I I just don't get it. The game was dead in twenty five minutes. We've just come back to a whack of away games. We're going to a horrible away plastic pitch. We're trying to keep fresh and uninjured. We gave some game time to Klamala, who looked not too bad when he came on. And I, and I just I just don't get it. it was, oh, you can't you can't play Edward that long wrong in case you risk him injury. Well, if you take that attitude, you can't play him at all. Well, that's right. I think there's I hesitate to kind of slag too many people off because I know everybody's got their views and, you know, when, when Lennon got appointed, we were, I guess, let's call it underwhelmed is probably a good way of putting it. Uh, and But there is a significant number of people out there that are just ready to jump on the guy f- for the slightest thing. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but yesterday uh, I, I made a comment on Twitter at the end of the game because there'd been absolute carnage with people tweeting after every substitution why is he making that substitute? Why is he coming on? Who why is he going off? Blah blah blah. Then the three subs come on and basically create the, the three goals that win us the game. Uh, and I, I just probably we comment at the end. So about the subs and you know there's a few kind of rise smiles etc at the back of it. But it's I'm not saying that people are out to get Lennon by any means, but he's not getting much in in terms of leeway for people. But there's a very big difference, as Remy said, between people who are in that away support. And people who are sitting watching on the telly, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I alternate between the two. I'm, I'm not every game like like Remy is, but uh, you have got to be a wee bit more pragmatic and a little bit more tolerant around the way that we need to close games out. We've got to manage the team. You know, you've got the same people. If I can use an example, you've got people who were complaining that Edward got left out initially against Ross County who are then screaming for him to come on, who are then screaming for him to get taken off against St. Johnson. So, you know, I get, I get the logic behind all of that, but <laughs> it's almost like Lennon just can't do right, you know? The, um, am I right? I'm right, but uh, the St. John, I think there's so many games coming thick and fast. The, that was the night with the Johnson 
uh, incident, wasn't it, Ryan? The St. Johnson game? Uh, yeah, fuck off you. Yes, it was. Um, it, which I, I actually found it hilarious when I, I, saw, when I saw it after the game. I, 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 I was pissing myself laughing. And I saw all this indignation about Lennon again. And by sheer chance, I saw on my timeline a tweet of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going mental at Lingard. I saw that. Shouting, if you do that one more time. <laughs> you're off. You're getting, getting off. Right, can you stop swearing, by the way? I'm, I'm quoting. I'm quoting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the well-known literary figure. So I, I, I just thought, it's football. That's what, that's what they talk like. You know, Lenny's not going to sit and say, well, that was a bit unfortunate, Michael. Maybe we, you shouldn't have played on. He was pissed off. He's lost his... He's lost a player who he could have substituted, but the player said he was fit. Okay, we had to play, what, three minutes with ten men. He was just hacked off. It happens. I mean, it was a nothing incident. People just getting on their high horses. I think Paul's right. A lot of people just have it in for Lennon. If it's 3-0, it should have been 4-0. If it's 5-0, it should have been 6-0. If uh, Ryan Christie turned the game yesterday, he should have been on five minutes earlier. It's all just nonsense. You know, but. We're racking up the goals again. We're racking up the points. You've got to win the league, and you've got to win the league when you, even when you're playing badly, and you've got to rest your players when you can, and sometimes that's during games. Do you know what I took from the Lennon thing? I I, I thought it it's just an illustration of how tough a world that is. You know, it's really it's brutal. I mean, it, you really got to. You you know strap on your armor and and just get used to it because it's uh, it, there are no there's no quarter given. I just thought it was. I mean, a young kid got quite a bad injury. I, I'm not saying Lennon was wrong. I'm, he's entirely within his rights, as you say, Remy. Just lost a player, peed off. But my goodness, it's it's tough. It's a rough old world, isn't it? Yep. Um, it's professional sport, and I think it, and it's not just uh, soccer, as you would call it, Lawrence. It's- Every sport, you know, guy, Lennon's a winner. And whether people like that or not, he's a winner. He, he proved it under a nil, and he's proved it as a manager. And, you know, he wants to win the league this year. Absolutely. And he will do what it, he thinks it takes to win the league. He's got a couple of things wrong. But over the, the piece so far, he has got a lot more right than he has wrong. Well, I'm going to steal a stat from uh, Harry, um, his podcast. I think it's our second best season since 19 canteen in terms of points uh, and goals scored. Uh, I was right up there with, uh, I think it's behind the Invincible season, but uh, you have to say he's done a phenomenal job. He looks a bit, um, is it me, Paul? Lennon looks a bit tense to me. I mean, I think he's holding it in pretty well, but every once in a while it. I thought his reaction to the goals yesterday was quite telling. He was up and out. He was up and out of it. And I, I think you're right, uh, but you've you've probably answered your own question. <laughs> when you actually look at the the scrutiny and the pressure that must come with that role in normal circumstances, and then you you compound it by he was probably not the choice. Say, let's say the majority of the support uh, for for the permanent job. And then you add it to the fact it's the nine in a row season. You've got a. I think that the point I made last season is the one thing that he can't be held responsible for. He can certainly take the responsibility for the for for the two or three really bad games that we've had out of the 
35, 40 games we've played this season. Uh, but he can't be held responsible for the fact that we've got a title race. You know, uh, the fact that Rangers are better than they were, uh, regardless, uh, that's not his fault. You know, all he can do is what he's doing, which is try and keep us keep us in front. If that's by seven points, if it's by 10 points, if it's by one point, it'll no matter at the end of the season. But there's, I think there's a lot of people bedwetting about the Rangers scores and then it's the same guys who absolutely explode with joy when Rangers drop points. Now, I, I like seeing them drop points, but equally, I expect them to win most games. I expect them to win most games between now and the end of the season. So the focus has got to be on what Lennon's doing, which is getting us over the line. And at the moment, I'm with Emi. I, I don't believe we're in any kind of you know, critical situation around that. It's a high-pressure situation and he's bound to be feeling the pressure, but equally... He's done it before, you know, not quite with the same intensity uh, uh, opposition behind him. But you know, he, he he won the league against the previous Rangers as well. So it's you know, he's, he's you've got to give him a bit of credit for the experience that he's brought to the role. The um, I suppose we should make a quick detour to, to Friday. The transfer window shut. Uh, we were we signed. Uh, well, we spent quite a bit of cash actually. We signed. What am I going to? What's the Polish boy? How are you pronouncing the Polish boy? Is it? Oh, you're I think late. we said Klamaya, didn't we? Klamaya. Um, Derek Ray should. He should put out his official bulletin. I might ask him. I might send him a DM <laughs> and ask him. He'll know. Uh, the um, and uh, Soro, uh, midfielder who just came in. I would imagine he'll he'll need to get up to speed. Um, so five and a half million is quite a lot of cash, Remy, isn't it? Uh, not out of the forty million we've got on our account, uh, especially since we won't uh, have paid five and a half million, but we've paid deposits on these two guys, mm-hmm. um, and no harm to them. Neither of them improved the first team. All right, so I'm taking from that then that you are disappointed with the disappointed. I, I think the transfer window, the outs were pretty good. I'll, I'll give them that, but the ins were terrible. Uh, and uh, overall, because I think the manager's been let down again, especially given his comments that he wanted two experienced players. Where are they? It's hard to get two experienced players. Oh, we can't. We can't keep using it. Always, it's a hard window. We've got the money. Sometimes, maybe we just need to overpay. Um. Yeah, there was a. I, I don't even think was there much. In the way of rumours kicking around on Friday, I didn't see very much. I, well, the, the well, Atsu, Atsu of Newcastle, which I'm glad we didn't get him. Uh, Neil Taylor of Aston Villa. Uh, I was tempted to text Paul to say Scott McKenna was on his way down just to annoy him. Yeah, uh, you, you wouldn't have been the first. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and that, that, there, was, there was somebody else. I can't even remember. Well, the, who, but the, the one... But, you know, they were all coming from London, but they were all getting denied in Glasgow. Um, and, you know, none of them happened. And it was, I think somebody texted me about six o'clock to say, don't expect anything to happen. The, um, so, that was it. Given what we've seen over the last week, I think the biggest failure... Well, how can you? We're seven points ahead in the league, so mind you, I, I don't know what the league. What was the lead back in that year that we lost, where we didn't sign? We signed Willow Flood. What year was that? 
and not Stephen Fletcher. Atkins last season, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we were seven points ahead then. I can't, I can't remember. I read something about that this morning. Um, but the uh, is a is the centre half thing. If we are playing a three five two, we we do need yeah. another warm body in there, don't we? We need yeah. a centre half. And I am. I'm sorry, Ayer is so bad just now. Oh, defensively. No. Yes, he's awful. He's all over the place. He looks good dribbling by fat guys for Hamilton Ackies, but he can't defend just now. He's all over the place. And Julian got bullied by that guy yesterday again. We need an experienced centre-half in there who is reliable and who can organise them. Uh, the um, Yeah, well, well, I mean, there's no point in arguing over the transfer window. It's gone now and, and that's it. Um Actually, before we get to the Hamilton game, and I want to talk about the Julian thing because I rewatched the game this morning just for this specific purpose uh, of looking at the Julian's performance. Um, Saturday, tell the truth now, Paul. Were you following the Rangers Aberdeen game? Uh, following as much as I was watch- on Twitter, I wasn't watching the game or anything. You know, just kind of getting updates on Twitter. Yeah. But every how often were you refreshing? Oh no no no! I was I was doing far more interesting stuff on Saturday afternoon. So uh, I, probably every 10-15 minutes, and uh, actually trying to get it off Radio Scotland, which was even more hilarious. So uh, they 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 were kind of funereal by that point. Certainly twenty minutes to go, Billy Dodds. I thought his cat had died or something. So it was, it was terrifying. I, yeah, I that was good. I give you an alibi. Go on. Was that the and I didn't know the score at twenty past five. All right. Well, that, that would me up. That would be a cinema review. The lighthouse, absolute crap. Don't yeah. go and see it. Okay, we'll take that to heart. I found myself. I woke up. I I followed a bit on Twitter, and then I oh, I thought nil, no, no. I was like the last ten minutes, so I stuck it on. I got a stream and stuck it on, and I found myself going. I think at one point the ball went up to the, what a haddy Cosgrove is, by the way. The ball went up, and I'm shouting at the computer, "Come on, Sammy!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then you see the you highlight. Like oh, you like him because you can pronounce his name. Ah, oh, that's about it. Sam Cosgrove. Just get, he is. He is atrocious, by the way. I can't believe that they would... I, I think if they'd got an offer for him during the window, they should have taken it, regardless. Uh, I think they're going to be left with him the way they've been left with McKenna. Uh, too greedy. Uh, and now nobody will want him. But he was, uh, for the 10 minutes I saw, although he was puffed out by that stage, I was v- very happy. The last five minutes, they they were terrible, by the way. I, how have we lost... How do we lose to them at, at Parkhead? I just can't... Can't get my head around that. Um, anyway, that was a, a nice uh, hors d'oeuvre, as they'd say, uh, for Sunday's game. Uh, the team was at uh, 12.30 start. The team was uh, Forster, uh, Julianne Walsh. I was thinking, who's that? Um, Walsh. Welsh. 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 Um, Julianne. <laughs> uh, who, who's uh, I are your favourite. And a midfield five of... Um, Forrest, in Cham, Brown, McGregor, Taylor to start, and then up front, uh, Edward and Griffiths. I uh, watched the game twice. Uh, um, I-, I thought Hamilton were pretty good, Paul. I mean, for the first, you know, I mean, not fantastic. I don't, I mean, they, they very much contained us. 
I, the pitch never helps. They, they don't water the pitch. Uh, the pitch was like, I mean, it was just, a, it was like, a, it did look like, it was somebody's front carpet, the carpet in the front living, in the mm-hmm. living room. Uh, not watered, small, hard to play football on, d- deliberately so, and you don't blame them for that. But I thought they were well organised, physical. I didn't think we were bad, but I didn't think they troubled us very much. Uh, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I think when you actually look, it's only, what, seven weeks since we played them at Celtic Park and they came incredibly close to, to taking points off us there. You know, we needed the last-ditch winner to, to get past them after they, they equalised in the last minute. And I think the previous game, it was at 1-0 as well. We scored early. It was at Forest that day. So, you know, the two previous games were pretty tight. They are well-organised. They're, they're, they're a well-coached team. Uh, you know, Brian Rice is an experienced guy. He's been around for a long time as an assistant manager and you know, leaving aside what he's going through just now, he's a he's a you know a reasonably good coach, and you know kept them up last season when I think at the time he got there it, they looked like they were candidates to go down, and they ended up relatively comfortable. So, uh, no, I would agree. I thought they, I thought they played reasonably well. The the refereeing decisions probably you know they'll point to them, but we were always going to be strong enough and, and have enough strength on the bench to come in and change the game, and that's maybe the difference between us and them yesterday. The uh, Griffiths incident. What do you think? Off, red, yellow. I, I thought it was a yellow, and, and I thought I, he definitely stood in the guy. Whether it was a stamp, bearing in mind that the guy was holding his other leg at the time, it's difficult to say he was he was stamping down it. To me, it seemed like he, he didn't even know where to put his foot because he was balancing on one leg. Uh, I could, yeah, I see the argument for for a red card, but personally, I don't think it was. And I think when you've actually seen, you know the. The, the pundits generally with exception of I think McCoyst and Thompson unsurprisingly <laughs> all thought it was a all thought it was a yellow card and, and you know he might have been on the fortunate side but uh you know referees dealt with it we move on. The um, That's how it works, isn't it? To me it looked I don't think he, I mean it was a stamp, but did he? Oh, I don't I don't know. I mean he's fo- he didn't bring his foot down. I think it was a balance thing. And I didn't I don't think he br- he brought his foot down on the boy with excessive force. It was touch and go. If he'd got sent off, mm, you couldn't have really complained. It looks very bad on video, Ren. At the game, I thought it was a red card. I texted my mates who replied at half-time and said it was a yellow and it would have been a soft red. And I've since seen the video and I agree it was a yellow. He didn't stamp on him. The um, But it does look bad, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but where's he going to go? He can't hop around like Michael Flatley. He's got to go down. And if he can't lie underneath him, he took all his weight off his foot to put it down. He didn't stamp on him. I thought in real time, I thought he did, but he didn't. The um, Anyway, that was we didn't have a chance, did we? Did we have a chance in the first 30 minutes, Rem? Uh, a couple of... The ball just didn't quite run for... Edward a couple of times and you know, they, they, they were as Paul said they were really really well organised they defended with their lives they threw their bodies at everything um, and you know you've got to, they're a limited team who just hoofed the ball as far as they could but you know when you're down at the bottom and you're trying to stay up you know you'll do anything to, to stay in the game I would disagree with you on the water pitch Lawrence because it absolutely hosed it down yesterday it, it, um, it, it looked so dry and bobbly. 
I'd been pouring all morning. Um, so the pitch, I don't think, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's as good an astral pitch as Kilmarnock's. But I don't think we can use the pitch as an excuse. We, we just, they were stuffy, and a lot of our players were off form. You know, they they weren't quite firing. So as good as in Cham and McGregor and Brown had been on Wednesday, they were pretty average yesterday. Taylor couldn't cross a ball. Forrest couldn't get into the game. The Griffiths and Edward overplayed too often. They seem to be trying to be a partnership just for the hell of it. And it took them scoring. And, and to be fair, they gave us a fright before that. It took them scoring to wake us up. That was uh, and one. That was the. That was the Iyer thing. That was that was entirely pitch related. He had no idea how that ball was going to bounce. So he can he was caught between trying to head it or trying to chest it or. Uh, he, he out of our team. He is the guy with the most experience of playing in Astro tough pitches. I don't get it. He should have chested it. He tried. He bent about four feet down to head it. I know. It was full defending. The, you know, sometimes we're guilty of overplaying. Julian in the first half overplayed. The second half, it looked as if he'd been totally well at it rather than trying, you know, chest the ball around guys. Sometimes you just need to adapt to the circumstances and play a slightly different game. Um, great save by Forster, though, wasn't it? Poor. Tremendous. Tremendous save. I, mean, he, I can't imagine trying to get the ball past him. He's just like a man mountain. Great save. They scored. The boy uh, got ahead of Julien and put it in but again that's a he should have won that I think in the commentary they said well they certainly didn't say it on Celtic TV but they said uh, that the other boy wanted it more and I mean he's a unit the other guy the guy who scored for them I can't remember his name but uh, I mean it's hard to I'm about to say I I thought Julian was he wasn't great I, I mean he's getting panned but I think as a function that's a function of one he lost that header for the goal and then he he misplaced a pass I think just after that, that was a shocking misplaced pass. But then, lo and behold, it turns into what a terrible performance from Julien. Admittedly, he didn't look fantastic, but again, plastic pitch, rough old centre-forward. Again, you've got to handle that, and I thought he did it decently apart from the goal. And he scored. I don't know why he's been slaughtered. He seems to be the new whipping boy. He's making a habit of... Having bad performances against, let's say, journeyman strikers who are physical guys like Dykes at Livingston ran him ragged. Uh, the boy yesterday gave him a hard time, beat him in the air. I mean, Julian six feet seven shouldn't have been beaten the air that often. Uh, uh, Saint Mirren, he got beaten the air the once. He, of course, he was. He got beaten the air loads. Yeah, he flicked the ball on loads. Uh, St Mirren he get, is it Abika the guy wound him up oh well hang hang, hang on a sec no no hang on wait a minute he fell apart at St Mirren right well, ha- right hang on a second so the boy at St Mirren roughs him up for the whole game so he goes and and puts one on the guy and well, he's lost the right ra- well hang on a second he, you know how do you he fell apart for the last 15 minutes at uh, St Mirren he was all over the shop all over the shop it's happening too often big diddy centre forwards who knock him about, he struggles with it. Now, he'll learn it. He, he's like he's like a, a cut-price Van Dyke for us. Well, he's, he, has, he scored some great goals. You know, and yesterday's finish was superb. But he's losing too many balls that he should not lose. And he's getting caught. He's, 
him and I are, are having getting caused problems by guys that should not trouble them. Well, I mean, the counter argument is that they are, well, Julien would consider himself to be a fairly cultured player. I mean, it is a bit of a culture shock for him coming in where there's absolutely no no holes barred as far as the referees are concerned, and these big lumps can basically kick lumps out of you, push you around. Again, it's all I guess it's all part of the game. But you're right. I think he brings he's got a lot of qualities, and he's going to have to, you know, tighten up that you know get get used to that that side of the game in Scotland. Are you a fan, Paul? Are you? Cut price Van Dyke. Well, everybody's a cut price Van Dyke, aren't they? Having said that, he costs three times what Van Dyke costs. So, uh, you know, I've got that wrong. But you know what I mean? He's he's trying to play the same, but he's he's nowhere near as good. If you know what I mean? It's his concentration as well. When we're backs to the wall in Europe, he looks really good when he's just defending. But when he's up against big physical guys, he's been struggling. The uh, before I let you in there, Paul. Uh, he's not as good as well. Nobody's as good as Van Dyke. Best defender in the world, by the way. I was thought about Van Dyke when he played for us. Well, he was pretty good for us as well. He was the best player. Well, he did, he did. All I can say is the year I got to vote in the Celtic Underground Player of the Year, I voted for Van Dyke and Samaras won it because Eddie Pearson got 25 votes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Julian, are you a fan or are you on the not on the fence like Remy? He hates him, obviously. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a similar place. I think he's, I think he's got the potential to be a very, very good player. I think he has got all the physical attributes. He's reasonably fast on the turn. He's good generally in the air. He's a good passer of the ball, and he's, a, you know, getting his return of goals absolutely. But there is a specific issue, and I think you know Remy's called it out. Every time he's come up against, maybe with the exception of Cosgrove, he handled Cosgrove easily uh, when when we played Aberdeen but every other time he's came up against a big nasty centre forward he's, he has had bits in the game where he struggled and you know he got through it yesterday but the goal was you know he should have had it he had about three chances to get in front of the guy and, and was just too lackadaisical uh, and he did that at Livingston as well so I think that's probably where people are looking at I, I did it yesterday I, I made the comment on Twitter to say it's it's like Livingston all over again. Uh, and But he did settle down, whereas at Livingston, he, he was like that for the full 90 minutes. Uh, I wasn't at St. Man, I only saw St. Man on the telly, but I certainly didn't think he had a, a brilliant game at St. Man either. I, I think he's he's had games where he has been brilliant for us as well. So it's just consistency. I think part of that experienced player thing comes into that. If we had a, an experienced centre-half alongside him, but as it turns out just now, he is probably the... The, the number one centre half, so he's got to take that responsibility. He's not got anybody he can he can look to, and you know, I, I agree to an extent about Ayer. I think Ayer's going through a, a kind of comparatively poor running form, and maybe Ayer, eh, sorry, maybe Julian's trying to cover that as well. Uh, I, I just gets us back to the transfer window. I, I don't understand why we didn't bring in a, a real nasty centre half to deal with nasty strikers. Um. Julian's twenty six. He's not like a kid. No, he's not. But he's played. He's played at kind of lower mid table French league for his for the last five, four, five years, hasn't he? Uh, he's not played international football. He's not really played European football till he came to us. Maybe I, I don't know how many games he played Europe, but it wasn't very many. 
So, you know, he's he's got some domestic experience, but beyond that, he's 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 probably not coming. Van Dijk's a good a good comparison. Van Dijk was in that place as well. He was, you know, under twenty one international was a budding, you know, hoping to get in the the Dutch team at that point, and he was coming to ask for a a kind of what he got, which was a boost into the English Premier League. And I don't know if that's where Julian's head in as well. Head is as well going forward. I think he's a good player. I, I don't think he's a, a bad player by any means, but I, I think he has got flaws that need either coached or compensated by other players. I, I don't think anybody bullied uh, Van Dijk, did they? I don't think they did. I think they were. Van, Van, Van Dijk never really got bullied, but Van Dijk's, Van Dijk's problem is concentration. In my memory, if, if Van Dijk anyway, was, was so, a number of games, he, he just felt he was too good. And I, I wouldn't accuse Julian of that, but where I, I do think Julian does... He's quite lightweight. Even when we're, you know, I've, I've mentioned it here before, the number of times he's been down at corners because somebody's bumped into him and he goes down rolling about holding his face and it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, and I know he, he probably does get bumped about at corners, but that's that's going to happen in Europe as well as happening in Scotland. You know, you look at playing against the Italian teams, that's all they do. There's battery at corners. So he, he needs to get that out of his game as well. Um. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad. I'm sure. I'm sure that's how they sold the club to him. Rem, they would come in and they say, "Well, you can take the same path as Van Dyke. You're a very similar player to Van Dyke, and you can you can take the same path." I'm sure that's why. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's, he said he said a lot of really good games, particularly in Europe um, and at Ibrox. A backs to the wall, just defend. He's been good, but in games where it. It's maybe compa- on paper comparatively easy. He does switch off and big guys cause him problems. You're right, in the second half, he, there was no real problems. But to be fair, Hamilton by that time were just nine men behind the ball. So he wasn't going to have any real defending to do. But he took his goal brilliantly. That was a striker's finish. That was. I was just going to say that. Griffiths would, would have been proud of that. Well, you see the one he missed? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's Forrest yesterday, right? Paul's mate, James the Diddy, right? He, he didn't have a good game, but he scored and he put one in a plate for Griffiths and one in a plate for Edward in the last minute, which he missed. Those two are conv- his stats are fantastic and you'd think he did a great game, but he didn't. I mean, I, and I am a Forest fan, as everybody knows, but yesterday he did not have a particularly good game, but he still did what wingers did, could, should do. He scored one and he put two in a plate for people. So we had the chances, but we just... Miss, I mean, Griffiths was unlucky with a free kick at the bar. We were just unlucky until last week. But you knew as soon as we got the second goal, Hamilton were going to fold because they were just knackered. The boy with a headband had you know, dropped back to centre-half. He had an absolutely storming game. He, he was brilliant yesterday. He, he he must have been gutted to be in a losing team. Um, yeah, the... Um, the Well, they go 1-0 up and... Uh, Free kick. What about the sending off? Again, I, I, I couldn't. I, I can't. I couldn't make my mind. I still can't make my mind up. Uh, you look at it five different ways, and you think. I mean, he went down pretty easily. Uh, there, there was a, the other centre half was almost covering him. I mean, I don't know. Rem, you got a hundred yards away. Hundred yards away, and it was a stone wall red. Was card. it? Okay. Yep. Um, see, as soon as he touched him, it was a red card. Because he'd split the centre halves and he was through them. 
And the guy pulled him back. I know he's only 17, young, naive. He probably didn't realise it was Griffiths one and one He was more likely to hit Sainsbury's than score. But he pulled him back, and it's a red card. Um, but I, again, I'm not completely off with the rule. What is it? A clear goal score? Goal score? Was that clear? Was that going to be a clear goal scoring opportunity? The ball was bouncing. I mean, ah. Well, he didn't try and play the ball. That's the thing, right? Is the the penalty double whammy? Is if you make a genuine attempt to get the ball, you'll only get a yellow card. But that was outside the box, and it was a goal scoring opportunity. He, he had to go. Um, what about the boy covering? Though, do you think the boy covering that that that? Him. He was through. Um. Again, it was a it was a close Are you one. You trying to get Kenny McIntyre's job here? I know, but, I, but I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you may be biased. Come I, on, it was a the, small I, Paul. I, I I thought it was a red card, but going by the letter of the law, it's a red card. As, as Remy says, he's if he's grabbed him by the shoulders and pushed him to the ground, he's not made a genuine attempt to play the ball, has he? So I, by that by that logic, if you apply the, the thing that Griffiths was behind. And getting in, and the other, you know, your point would the other centre half have got across, maybe. But I kind of agree with Emmy that he, he probably had enough clear space. If he took another step forward, he was in the box, and at that point it becomes a penalty. But you know, to me, it's a red card, and it probably was the softer of the two. The the, the one that should have been a red card, and interestingly, it's been lost in amongst all the Griffith stuff was the tackle the right back had on McGregor just before half time, which was an absolute shocker. Uh, took him kind of shin high over the ball, both two-footed as well, uh, probably on a par with Christie's tackle at Livingston in terms of awfulness, which was a straight red card. So, again, if you want to kind of talk about, you know, compliance officers getting involved and referees booking to avoid sending people off, I thought that was worse than Griffiths. Um, if it happened to, if it had been given against us, would you have been mad? The penalty and the red card? The, yeah. The no. red card, no, no, no. Uh, I would have been, but I, again, it, it was just a marginal one uh, um, for me. What a free kick, though! Do you think? That, well, I've seen well, some negative. Great free kick, but the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper was terrible. Was he? He uh, really was terrible. Oh, he was terrible. Well, I, I didn't want. I, I said he walked totally wrong, and then he stood way, way too far across the other side of the goal. And although it was a great strike by Edward, it was about three or four feet inside the post. Should have saved it easily. Terrible goalkeeping. Um, no, no, yeah. Well, again, I, it was hit with such power. I mean, it doesn't diminish the technique. I mean, he got it up and over at, at real pace. Craig Gordon would have saved that. There you go. Um, he was... Foster would have hit that away. Craig <laughs> Gordon would have saved that. Um, the, uh, Craig Gordon wasn't even on the bench yesterday, was he? That's that's is that his punishment for letting it leak out that he wanted a move last week? I'm guessing it was. You should have let him have his wish. Well then, but then Hazard's gone out on loan. No goalies. Oh, Bain will be back in two weeks or something. Um, yeah, I thought that was quite significant. Not unless Craig Gordon's injured, maybe he is. But I thought, oh oh, his agent or whoever was putting it in the papers, he was desperate for a move to Hearts. Didn't get it. So and. Lennon doesn't mess about. He's a he's a hard he's a hard hard bloke. Um, anyway, one one. Uh, only a matter of time. Again, though, they did pretty well with ten men. Um, 
took the pressure off our defence. Uh, the goal, when it came, we talked about it. Great finish from uh, Julian. I thought the, uh, well, two things. I'm, I'm sure I'm not, the, I'm not, in fact, I know I'm not the first to talk about it. Johnny Hayes' effort vaulting over the old uh, uh, advertising hoarding, vaulting back, quick throw-in. Christie did exactly what Taylor hadn't been doing the whole game. Um, got a cross in, a really good cross. Uh, went down the outside, hit a great cross in. Great finish. I tell you, it's going to be a tough one, uh, Paul, uh, when Christie, well, that's Christie back and fit. I mean, who, who does anybody get dropped or is he on the bench? It's, a, it's, it's going to be tough. It's a good question. I mean, we talked at length about Christy v. Rogic v. Sham a while ago, but I think, you know, Sham's on him merit just now. He, he had a quietish game yesterday. He was really good on Wednesday. He was reasonably good the weekend before. Uh, it's good to have the option, you know, to, to be able to bring two number 10s into the game like we did yesterday, bringing Christy and, and Rogic on. And, and the, the sheer versatility that Christy's got help some as well in terms of getting a game because you know theoretically you could play him as part of a, you know either sitting off a striker or you could play him up you know if you wanted to give one of the strikers a break you could play him on the left you can play him on the right or you can play him in the 10 so he's uh, he's a he's a good option to have whether they'll get straight back in the team I'm not so sure I think at the moment Sham probably deserves a run well, you, I, think it was, I think it was interesting yesterday when you, you talked about the McGregor tackle, Paul, and I agree that was an absolute shocker. Uh, when he went down, it was Christie that was sent out to warm up. He was going to be playing in the, the two with Brown. And then when Brown went down later on and looked as if he was injured, Christie got up for him as well. So he was obviously going to play in the two yesterday, which demonstrates his versatility. I think he has an eight rather than a ten, but We'll see. He brings he brings an energy that none of the other players have in our midfield, and yeah. he, he played really well when he came on yesterday. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating. Uh, Roger came on as well. Uh, he did a beautiful little pass for the uh, oh, beautiful pass. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's. I can't envisage any games. Uh, not unless I mean it'd have to be. Kind of walkovers, really, where Roger starts. Aberdeen, then. Aberdeen, oh, well, as is usual. The tawdry. Um, the um, great substitutions actually from Lennon. I mean, everybody's piling on Lennon these days, but I mean, he got he got the subs right. Actually, generally, sub subbing's pretty good, isn't it, Rem? Uh, sometimes it is, and sometimes yeah, it isn't. Well, but that's I, I, had no, I had no issues with the subs yesterday. You know, I mean, he, he could have ch- changed it a wee bit earlier. You know, that's always a criticism, but you know what. At half time, you tend to want to give them a wee bit of time. I think, I think the interesting one was he did go for it by taking Welsh off. Um, he sacrificed somebody at the back, and you know Welsh was starting to tire a bit. But to, to be fair, I thought he had a really good game. I thought he was the best of the back three yesterday. Kept it simple and defended well. Put Brown there, which gave us an extra midfielder with Christie running all over the place. Hayes was getting by men, which Taylor wasn't. And all of a sudden, we we stretched them, which we hadn't been doing, and we just swamped them and battered them for the last twenty minutes. And yeah. once Julian scored, and again that's the second game this season, mad celebrations against Hamilton Aki's, but the last 10, 15 minutes we could have scored four or five. Here, what was it like in the ground, uh, Rem? Was it tense? Aye, it was, was it? because because people were sitting. You know, they they've dropped a point or two points. Sorry. You got to press home your advantage, you know. So 
you know, people are looking at their what. I'll tell you what Hamilton did yesterday was really interesting. Their announcer, every time they brought a sub on, he added five minutes onto the time in the game so that it made it to their players think they had less time to see out the game. Oh, that's quite smart. When it was still one each. So when he brought on first sub, I think he said after 67 minutes, there were only 62 minutes played. So he was quite smart. And I don't even know he was trying to influence a ref, but, you know, well, who need, who need, our refs don't usually need influencing, but it was quite a smart tactic, but he obviously stopped it when we went 2-1 up. But we, we just, it was tense. And you could see by the celebrations of the players at the second goal, you could tell it was important. I mean, they were going mental. And Lennon was on the park at the third one. I don't know if that came up, was on the telly. He did a wee sort of stroll down the park and onto the... I was, I. Yeah. So, you know, he was celebrating it as well because, you know, not only have we won uh, and, and gone another two points clear, but we've also put another couple of goals on them, which people seem to, you know, in December it was, all oh, you have to win 4-0 a night to keep the goal difference. I think we are, is it nine goals? Is it eight goals? No, it's nine. Nine. Nine, right. So effectively, we're eight points ahead of them. Effectively. So yep. that, that's a real mountain to climb for them. Um, maybe Lennon got out of his seat and you could be well justified for um, Edward's footwork in the lead up to that third goal. It was just brilliant. You watch it again and again, the step overs. The boy was, the boy was off to the shops or a bag of chips. Uh, <laughs> it was. Edward was superstar he's a phenomenal player he is it's just he's brilliant he's just it's just an absolute pleasure to watch him the um the, the thing i uh i love i i really do like the the two together i'm not saying anything original here i think it's been said in many other places but i do like uh two up front but simply because it gives edward a little chance to come from a, a little bit deeper where i think he's most effective Simply because of his footwork. That, I mean, that was a prime example yesterday. I mean, if he's running at you, you're. I mean, anybody's toiling. I mean, you're going to have to be Maldini to to, to kind of keep an eye on his feet and and counteract it. Uh, I really, really like that. And you're not you're not giving up very much if he comes from deeper because Griffiths. You know, if you're looking for somebody to take a chance in the penalty box, Griffiths will do that for you. It's uh, really, really good. I thought that that third goal was a prime example of, of how the two works. Uh, not necessarily that they're playing together, but more that what Griffiths allows uh, Edward to do. Phenomenal goal. He's got he's away in the summer though, Paul, isn't he? Well, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to hold on to a player as good as that. We had the same issue with Dembele, didn't we? So, uh, fingers crossed, but yeah, I would imagine someday we'll be looking at it the same way we're looking at it and thinking that's a real player there. So uh, he's he's just a marvellous player. It's it's amazing when you thought two years ago, two and a half years ago, when Dembele was, you know, fit and at his best and you were thinking this is probably the best centre forward we've had in years and then, you know, we find another one literally with, within the same time frame. He's just such a good player. It's, I think the interesting thing about the two up front ones is how that's going to work, or or what happens when we rotate Edward out, which inevitably we'll have to. I don't know if, if we can play. You know, you, you, what's your options at that point? You either play Griffiths and or Clamaya or Bio, or do you look at maybe Griff, somebody like 
Christie, who's got the same energy, he's got some fancy footwork. Do you maybe is he the Edward replacement? I don't know. I, I, I'm just wondering if you, you know, there's been complaints when we go back to the one like we did against Ross County with Griffiths up on his own and it wasn't quite as fluid. I'm just not quite sure how it's going to work uh, system wise when Edward's not on the team because he seems to be the link between the midfield and the, the strikers that makes it all work. Um, that's quite a good point, that Paul. Uh, Chris Christie might do it here. I, I did hear uh, probably Neil McCann talking at a school, um, but he was talking about a conversation he'd had with um, he'd had with Brendan Rogers back in the day, and Rogers reckoned, well, according to Neil McCann, that Rogers reckoned that uh, Edward was going to be a, a better player than Dembele. Um, so, Ren, do you think he's gone? I mean, I know it's kind of depressing to talk uh, about I, it. I, I, uh, I hope not. Um, I hope he stay. I hope we get another season out of him. But uh, he, his his performances and his ability have to oh. be a trap. He's, he's such a good player, and, and you know, people can say, "Oh, it's he's, he's you know it's the league and all that." But it, it doesn't matter the standard of the league. A good player is a good player, and you can see it. Um. Anyway, and then fourth goal. Again, that was um, Edward was involved in that as well, if, if I remember yeah. rightly. Um, yeah. a decent finish. Actually, it was a great finish from. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bad foot. Bad foot again. Yeah, and do you know what was interesting? But again, to me, that illustrates how much work he has done on becoming two-footed. I mean, he's obviously done lots and lots of extras. Uh, he let the ball run across his body to his quotes and quotes bad foot, and you know, belted it out. But you know, made v- really good contact. Goalie had no chance. Four one. How was it at that point, Ram? Mad, massive. Well, I think I think you know that. I mean, a minute before, Edward had missed an absolute set Oh, that was a show. Yeah. And and the whole Celtic end singing Sibo, which was uh, <laughs> That's funny. Which, which tells you you're quite relaxed and everybody's in a good mood. And 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 you can see that the players are laughing. And I think Edward's also thinking, "Who the hell, Sibo?" But uh, it was. Uh, it was very funny and everybody was relaxed. The fourth one, icing on the cake and then you go, well, that's another goal in the goal difference. And, you know, a sort of nervy one each draw 15 minutes ago becomes a 4-1 hammering. Uh, and, you know, everybody's out the ground delighted again. Uh, no, as I say, that's us. Um, seven points clear. Uh, they've got a game in hand. Uh, again, I think it's St. Johnson at home for them. So you'd expect them to win that. But pressure's on them massively now, isn't it? I, I mean, I don't know if you read or saw any of the the Gerard post game uh, interviews, but he's he's got a real propensity to slaughter his players, doesn't he? Um, and I, and I, I did enjoy that. Have you ever seen Gerard win the league song yesterday? Um, because he's never won one in, at any level in professional football. So that was uh, that was most enjoyable as well. Um, they, they've, they've shot their load too early again, same as they did last year. You know, they, they think they've, they've got the league one because they've beaten us. They come back. They, they can't cope with the pressure of having to win every week, and a couple of injuries to players. They don't have adequate replacements, and they struggle. The um, I wonder, uh, and they've had very few. Again, I know Barca boys have been going on about this. There's a lot of stats kicking around. It just looked pretty damning from our perspective. But they've had no... You would have to expect they'll have some injuries. I mean, they're just... Well, they, they have now. I mean, right now, the Tavernier's been out. 
Morelos was suspended. Defoe's got injured. Ryan Jack's got injured. Now, I, I think Ryan Jack is a completely average player. Uh, we've all had our goes at uh, uh, Tavernier. But he's a key player for them because he's the guy that hits all their crosses. He's a good crosser of the ball. He is their most creative player. They they struggle without two or three players. And, you know, and they, some of those players are going to be out for a little while. And uh, the players that they have as their deputies aren't good enough. So, I don't... I mean, Defoe's done... But he's still better than Camberry. Uh, you know, Hadji's, oh, God knows, he's the new, he's the next Messi that they always sign. That, that guy will be an absolute flop, you can guarantee it. And I don't, the right back's an American guy that's rotten. Uh, and, I, and I can't remember who's replaced Jack. But they, they, they don't have any strength and depth. And, and as soon as they get a couple of injuries to their settled players, they struggle. Um, Yep. Um, are you confident now, Paul? Or are you? I, I'm always loath to say, "Well, that's it." I'm I'm never going to say that until it is it, uh, because I don't want to be like that mob. And they, as as Remy said, they thought they'd won the league at Christmas or just after Christmas, again hilariously. So, but it's uh, you just got to keep on winding up the pressure, haven't you? Yeah, you, you've. It's pretty much what we talked about after the 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 game at the end of December that. You've got to keep the team. I've got to keep remembering that they're, they're they're a better team. We've got to remember that they're a better team. You are going to get weeks when when they get good results and we, you know, hopefully get a result, but might just scrape it. That's the nature of league running. You know, we've got don't know how many games we've got left, fourteen games left or something. So there's going to be some tricky ones in amongst that. But I think the big difference is we've got winners in the team. We've got team a team full of guys with one or two exceptions that we brought in this season that have done this before. They've done it multiple times before now. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. And, you know, they're, they're having difficulties at home. One or two of their players are having difficulties playing away from home. It's just not a good time for them. Uh, oh, give me a hanky, would you? Here, anyway... Uh, well, I hope, the, that's hope it's only for tears, Lawrence. Uh, so. <laughs> no, could be for both. Uh, anyway, the uh, so game on Wednesday night, Motherwell away. Uh, it should be a good game. We were there early in the season. I think it was was it the first game of the season? Oh, it was a very early game. First five game. Uh, five two. Five two. Uh, cracking game. Yeah, that was a cracking game. Cracking game. Yeah. Before I forget, next chief executive of Celtic, Motherwell sold. A 19-year-old kid who's played about six games, scored a couple of goals, whatever, for one and a half million. I mean, how is that not? How does that not reflect well on Alan Burrows? Stop it! He's just no, no, no. Who's who's the Dundee chief executive? Because they sold Jack Hendry for one and a half million. Uh, Well, it wasn't again. That was that's that's Celtic transfer inflation. We did not pay one and a half million for Jack Henry. I'm telling I, you, I, I spoke to somebody in in the know, shall we say, about three weeks after that transfer, who was bemoaning the fact that he had paid much more than he should have for that player, and it, and it wasn't Brendan. Ooh, Harry's mate. Oh, sorry, Harry's ex-mate. Harry's ex-mate was quite quite open to a number of us on that one. Uh, 
he felt we had significantly overpaid for the player, but he had to back the manager. It was the manager's judgment. To be fair, Mr. Lowell, if he spends a pound, he usually thinks he's overpaid, but I, I, I get your point. Anyway, uh, that's a fantastic bit of business for Motherwell. That is a fantastic bit of a business by, by Motherwell, right? But it doesn't mean he's qualified to be the chief exec of Celtic. Uh, well, there's another couple of years to go, but I'm just saying I keep an eye on him. I mean, he got three, he got two and a half or three million out of us for Turnbull. He's, no, he's, he's administrative Jack Ross. Oh, there you go. And I'll tell you what else. Hey, <laughs> before he's go any further, he, he was savvy enough to knock us back when we put in that ridiculous offer for Turnbull. Well, we'll take him. But if we don't fancy him, we're, we're not going to pay. You can have him back. I mean, get to you. Uh, anyway, Motherwell game on Wednesday night. Uh, should be a cracker. I, I don't know. Uh, where are Rangers? What are they? Who are they? Oh, they're playing Hibs at home. Um, Who are you going to watch then? Oh, well, it's only one game for me. Um, so, uh, pick a team, Paul. Uh, I think it'll be probably the same team as... Yesterday, to be honest, other, sorry, Sunday, other than uh, I'd be inclined to agree with Emmy. I think Hayes might play instead of Taylor. Hayes I, 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 I don't think he'll change the team. I think it'll, he'll have the ability to change the team if things aren't going well because we've got a strong bench. But I think that's, at the moment, that's probably probably as good a team as we've got available when fit. Um, I, I saw he said that El Yunusi is back training. Um. I don't know if El Yunusi can do a... Well, I would assume we'll play a 3-5-2. Although, I don't know much about Motherwell, so I don't know how you would counteract them. I would imagine that they'll play... They'll be just like all the rest of them, I guess. A big, strong fella up front, and uh, and he's trying to bully our, our centre-backs. Um, Hayes ahead of Taylor. You wouldn't play... You wouldn't uh, bring in Christie uh, at all, uh, Remy. Uh, I think Christie will play instead of Encham. Um, I, I think Encham will go back to the bench um, to give us a bit more goal threat. I think if we go three five two, Welsh will need to play again, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing because I think I think he did cope well on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, and I think he probably deserves to keep his place. And I don't think anybody else is fit anyway. Um, obviously, we should probably. Maybe not play Foster in case he gets injured. Ah, very good. Um, looking forward. Are you going, Rem? Yes, I'm, I'll be there. Um, lucky enough to get a ticket for that one. Um, uh, and uh, Mother will have cut her allocation this year as well, I think. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the crowd. Uh, but there'll probably be a lot of empty seats. Well, that's. Uh, I say I withdraw my uh, stuff on Alan Burrows if he's. He'd uh, rather have empty seats and have money I don't think that makes much sense um, Paul are you going? At uh, the moment I'm still hoping to be I'm, I'm, I'm literally waiting on a phone call so I've not got a ticket but I'm hoping to have one by tomorrow night uh, to get through on Wednesday so uh, it's always a good place to go particularly midweeks uh, brings back some good memories of the old uh, Derek White 40 yard on the night Terry Butcher broke his leg at Ibrox which uh, my mate and I keep reminiscing about but uh, I like going to Fur Park other than, than you know Black Sunday it's generally quite an entertaining place for us to go it's usually a reasonably decent atmosphere down in that corner where all the dafties go so aye it's, it's, it's usually a good place to go uh, The uh, you going to give us a score score prediction 
Uh, I think we'll win 3-1. That seems to be the common score for us just now getting three away from home. I so I think we're averaging three, aren't we? For, since uh, since the break, I mean, two we got two against Thistle. That, that ah, made, yes, we made see. up with that with four yesterday. So average of three, three a game, three one. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil because I think you're quite stuffy. I think he does a pretty reasonable job uh, of setting them up, but I think we'll just have too much from that pitches. Formerly one of the worst pitches in Scotland. It's actually decent, although I haven't seen it recently, I guess. But it looks okay on uh, sports scene. Uh, Remy, what's your finish the podcast with your score prediction? Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be high scoring. I think we'll win four one or four two. Um, four one four two. How come? How are we losing two? You just get you have a real downer on Julian, don't you? Julian and I are. I, I just think we 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 are conceding too many goals, some dead balls and corners etc and that's what teams like Motherwell thrive on I, I think the word is out on us that's how you score against us uh, you you just launch it in the box and, and hope somebody gets on the end of it uh, we are you're dead right we are losing too many goals like that um, so we need to stop that soon uh, 4-2 uh, so we've got a 4-2 we've got a 2-0 and we've got a 3-1 um, so that'll be and then we've got to hope for a decent result uh, for Hibs for the Hibbies your second team, Remy. Um, so, uh, and what, who have we got? In, oh, it's a cup. For, uh, it's a cup on Saturday, isn't it? Sunday, we're away to Clyde. I know that. Yeah. Uh, are you are you going to that? Yeah, I'm all about that one. Uh, Paul, you're not be going to that, surely. I mean, that's. For I'm not got a tic- not got a ticket. So again, if anybody's listening, <laughs> uh, I, I think it'll be a it'll be a much different team on Sunday. I, I'd be very surprised. Probably we can still afford to put a strong team out, but. There'll be a, a bucket load of changes for Sunday, I would think. I would hope. I watched it because I'm quite sad on the uh, Celtic TV. They all act, they do these all-access films. It's kind of 11 minutes of whatever. I watched the the reserves against Chelsea under 23s. I swear to goodness, I, maybe it's just the way they cut it. But Karamoka uh, Dembele had about four little snippets in the, in the film. Every single one. What a player he looks. Uh, Hold on a minute. Two weeks ago, you told us he wasn't going to make it because he's too small. But in that setting, but I, I'm beginning and seeing seeing him walking off afterwards. I mean, he's a his legs are really really thick. So maybe he might not grow. He might not be tall enough. But and maybe he's you know maybe he's going to be strong enough. But I swear to God, the touch, the vision, the pace. It's it's on YouTube. I thoroughly recommend some. You know, if you're listening to this, go and look at it, go and look at it. Chelsea uh, under 23s against Celtic reserves, all access. What a player! I would love to see Dembele getting a start that day, but I'm guessing uh, Paul will be Arzani, or maybe I'd we'll, like to see Arzani play as well. Well, I, I mean, we're kind of thinking ahead, but you would like to think there's guys like Arzani and uh, Sved and Dembele and even. You know, Bio and Clamaya, you know, try to try name us or two. Um, you know, we've said before that it'd be nice to win the cup again, but the absolute priority is the league. And if there's a chance on Sunday to leave six, seven of your players out who generally you would expect to play, then take it because we've got strength and depth. We certainly should have enough there to cope with, you know, greatest of respect to Clyde, but, you know, we should be able to go there and beat them with a fraction of the the talent that we normally play. 
I'm not sure I'm buying into the greatest respect, uh, with the greatest respect to Clyde. I don't think they've behaved particularly well in the last two or three years, some of the players they've got there. Um, anyway, um, Paul, good to talk to you, Paul. Rebbe, talk to you soon. All right. See you later.